What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Siblings, Tsitsi fly. fly. Check, check, Tsitsi, Tsitsi fly. Joe, you'd be happy to know that 90% of the Georgia peach crop has been decimated this year. You don't like peaches, so I just thought you know, you'd be, be okay with that. Well, that's good. One less thing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I feel bad for the state of Georgia, kind of. Well, like, yeah, well, they, what, actually, what the South happens? Carolina grows more peaches anyway. They call it Georgia the peach state. And, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure, and, and I think even more peaches are grown in Southern California because I feel like that's one of those things that probably all these states want to claim certain things. California just seems to do more. Like, there's like twice as much dairy that comes out there's of. a lot of oil, too, actually, of, in Southern California. There's tons of, yeah. Well, there, so there's like tw- at least twice as much dairy comes out of, uh, of various types of milk and cheese and whatnot comes out of California than comes out of Wisconsin. Right. But was but because you know that's what that's all Wisconsin has. They have to promote their state you know? somehow. So. Yeah, so just as bad weather and warming climate. Really, that's that's all you're going to say. Oh, we just had some yeah. had some bad weather. That's all it was. Is ninety percent of the fucking Georgia? That's pretty bad. The last time it was this bad was 1955. Damn, I didn't see it. I wasn't alive. Said Peterson or Pearson. What was the other thing you just said about the peaches? I don't know. That South Carolina. Oh, oil. There's oil and uh, oil and. Do you know that they're like hidden hidden oil derricks in L. A. All over the place. Are you familiar with that? Like that whole thing? Because they're all over the place. I saw one a a number of years ago when I was still visiting my grandparents. There it was. I we're in some little side road and then you know near a I don't know near a commercial area, older whatever. And there's this fucking just there was oil derrick like you were in Texas. It wasn't like it was spilling oil. It was just kind of behind a tree and next to a swing or something. I don't know. It was just there. It was pumping oil. (laughs) So. It was kind of crazy. It's where, like, the La Brea tar pits, you know. Like, yeah. Which I still think is is fascinating. Have you ever been to the museum there? I have not, but I've been to the actual outside area, hanging around yeah. in that area. Uh, the I forget who the natives were that lived in that area, you know, before uh, the town. They right. used to use uh, that tar to waterproof their canoes. Oh, okay. And they used to make big-ass long boats and go over to Catalina Island and kill stuff, nice. I guess. Yeah. Sounds kind of nice. Kind of cool, sticky, and yeah, I, I, that would work really well. Yeah, pitch. I believe it's called pitch. It's a good, it's a good, pitch. Uh, it's a good thing. Tsetse fly. But that's also, <laughs> it's also <laughs> in that area that there were like woolly mammoths got caught in there too. Like you were just mentioning that there was yeah. a bunch of where was that recently? There's all these woolly mammoths were found. Uh, so what it was? There, there were lots of woolly, just bones. Oh, bones. Wool is gone at this point. Wool is gone. Mm-hmm. Wool is gone, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this was, I think it was about 15 to 20 years ago, uh, there was doing, they were doing an expansion of Interstate 15 north of San Diego a bit. I don't know exactly where, mm-hmm. uh, but what ended up happening was some, some, uh, the construction guys, like heavy equipment operators, earth movers, came across a bunch of, uh, woolly mammoth bones. That was another thing, is that they, they not only did I find a bunch of woolly mammoth bones, but there was no reason for them to really be there all grouped together, because it was like 30 carcasses. Mm-hmm. 30 woolly mammoths don't just die naturally, right? So, uh, but the archaeologists at the time were confused by the fact that it was like dated like 35,000 years ago and that showed, uh, what is it called? Uh, if, if, uh, bones are broken by like, say, let's say it was the, the, one of the theories was, oh, the bones, these bones weren't broken in half 
by you know humans. They were it was the heavy equipment operators that did it. Oh, okay. And they're like, no, because heavy equipment would break things, just shatter in half. When humans would take raw bones that aren't dried out or fossilized, um, it would look. It creates a spiral fracture when you break them open. Yeah, it creates a different kind of fracture point. Mm-hmm. Because it's a different substance back then. Yeah. You know, it's a fresh bone. Because what they're, the idea was break them open and you suck the marrow out. It's like if you snap a green twig on a tree. If you can snap it. Versus, yeah, versus yeah. a dried out one. Exactly. This breaks differently, yeah. So it, there's that. And, the, and then they found some tool marks. Still presume, like what, the, what they was, were thought were tool marks. And then found stone tools nearby as well. So the dating on that, like radiocarbon dating, which is accurate, but not you know to within like a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not hyper accurate, but it's close enough. The radiocarbon dating put it to over thirty five thousand years old, which is like twenty thousand years older than the oldest known uh, human evidence of humans in the in North America. And what we assume was the I'll use the standard uh, uh, you the, know, uh, the Clovis the Clovis, Clovis first theory yeah. is like is like twelve to fourteen thousand years. Right. Years ago is when humans were, first everybody was taught and all the kind of stuff. That's and, and that's I mean I've it's been that way since I was in school, since I was a little guy like in school. Sure. And it comes from Clovis points that's a very specific kind of spear technology that kind of made things different, you know, and that's how mm-hmm. they knew, like, oh, shit, this is really old. And it was found, first found in Clovis, New Mexico. So that's what it's named for. Mm-hmm. But there's been multiple, and for those of you that listen to the Rogan podcast and know who Graham Hancock is, I'm regurgitating shit that I learned from him, but I also went off on my own because I'm like, this could be, like, the guy's really convincing, and he comes up with all this data, and he cites his sources and all that, but uh, I just assume that he's a quack, like the ancient aliens guy with the giant hair. right. So I did my own research the last time Grant Hancock was on uh, Rogan, and because this shit fascinates me for some dumbass reason, uh, because it's still such a mystery. Because the the habitation of humans in North America has always been thought to be much, much, much more recent than anywhere else in the world, and it's n- apparently cause it's starting to look like more and more that's not the case, right? Which changes the course of human history and pushes it back. Well, you, know, you, you, you kind of wonder what I wonder what their civilization was like. Let's say it was seventy five thousand years ago, or thirty. Whatever, I'm sorry, thirty five thousand years ago. Yeah, whatever it is. You know, along and it, the depictions that you see in museums or places like that, it's like, okay, they're not really not behaving like Native Americans, like we think Native Americans. Right. Not organized quite in that fashion. They're yet. they're not wearing. Or the, yeah, and that's the thing is like there's also there's also some other shit too like um, the. Oh God! Oh, I used to know the name of it. It's in northern Louisiana. And it's a giant complex of stonework and, and oh. mound work. <clears throat> I know what you mean. And, I mean, gigantic. Over the course of, like, 400 acres or something like that. Yeah, it's huge. There's this bit that was, they said that it, it either was a meeting site for people and thirty to 40,000 people at a time would be there, or it was, like, 40,000 people lived there. Right. And then there's the other uh, site that's up at the, in uh, the like southern missouri like where like, like where st louis is mm-hmm. essentially where st louis is now mm-hmm. there was like the same uh, kind of similar structure but over a hundred thousand people wow huge city a, a good like like a big city yeah uh and that was like up until like the 1100s or something like that but that one went back over stretched back over a thousand years mm-hmm. giant earth and stone work and mounds and pyramids and pyramids like not like great pyramids like in giza not that right but there's these are people made from are, earth and that kind of yeah stuff, more yeah. like l- materials that aren't quite so permanent correct yeah uh, and so all that stuff always kind of fascinates me because it, it really it it it's it changes what we know about human history oh yeah like as a whole and that 
uh, just as always really just fa- I found it so interesting. Uh, the other one is my, one of my favorites is that the um, Phoenicians, mm-hmm. not the folks from Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> Phoenicians, as in like the Mediterranean deserty folks. Med- med- Mediterranean, de- right? Desert, yeah, the Phoenicians were excellent. Uh, sailors and excellent navigators mm-hmm. and there's a theory that that's one of the reasons one of the ways that they were the actual quote-unquote Europeans first Europeans to make it to uh, North American continent what did they do they have a theory where they landed uh, they they the theory is that it's called the Salutrian hypothesis and the Salutrian culture which is part of the Phoenicians the Phoenicians are part of the Salutrian culture the Salutrians followed um, they back. This would have been a long time. This is this is like oh, like around ten thousand years ago. Uh-huh. Followed, which when you're you're uh, you're you know during the end of the last ice age, your your uh, water levels, the ocean levels, were what much much lower. Oh yeah. And there was coastline that you could follow all the way from England or like northern Europe all the way. And it was just one landmass. I got you. Or a series of islands, but way more than it is. You know, more like more a land lot closer. They could probably see them. You and go, oh, there's the next islands. They stay there. along the shore, and yeah. they would they would they took the shore all the way, and that's where you get uh, lighter skinned Native Americans in the the Northeast. Okay. Yeah, which is I'm like, wait a second, that's a valid hypothesis. And there's some. Uh, there's not a lot of evidence, but th- to support it, but there's some. That stuff is always just, I just find it so interesting. Where do all the pure braids come from? Uh, I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. <laughs> the Caucasus <laughs> Mountains. Oh, the white, where are the white people Where at? are the white people at? Where are the white women at? I, uh, but yeah, the, it recently, um, so the whole idea was Clovis first has been, that that theory has been the, all, all like majority of academics in archaeology and Human history and anthropologists and whatnot all tend to agree that Clovis first is for like fifty years. That was their thing. That it was like it's like no more than twelve thousand or no more than fourteen thousand years ago is when humans started coming to North America. Right. But then you start finding stuff that just completely destroys that that like that destroys that theory. Like uh ancient uh like South American, like northern South America. Mm-hmm. There's there's like the Nazca lines are almost as old as that. Right, come on. Right, that you you mean to tell me that in in a, in five hundred years, Stone Age humans made it from the Bering Strait in Alaska all the way down? No, you, shit. We don't even have, we don't even have a Pan American Highway that goes all the way through. <laughs> Christ's sake, think about that. The roads are worse now than when they were then. Right. <laughs> well, you know the the Darien Gap. You're familiar with that? No, we talked about that before. The, yeah, the Darien yeah. Gap is like the gap. It's, it, it's so swampy in Panama. Like the isthmus of Panama is so swampy and so deadly that they just stopped trying to build the Pan American Highway. They said, "Fuck it." So it stops, yeah. and it's only like thirty miles or something like that. Really, mm-hmm. but people on the moon, satellites, uh, you know, oh, iPhones. It's muddy here, but it's a little bit muddy. But it's not. It's <laughs> like the it, it would it, that doing that last stretch of thirty miles would be like doing like five Panama canals or something like that. Like it's it probably goes super super deep and really super squishy. Super that's deep it. Or yeah, something. some something yeah. like that. Cool, because you got two major oceans on either side of it, and it's only like that area of Panama is only like fifty miles wide. Yeah. So imagine that. So I'm sure it's swampy as shit. But anyway, do you, have you ever? Uh, I'm, I'm like, you must not have, but I I have known people that have gone through you know the Panama Canal, you know. On I've known some I've known a couple people. Like, yeah. That'd be that'd be something really interesting to do. I think. Well, how long that takes? Uh, depends. Go through. Depends on if you go through. Uh, I, I know that there's different scheduled times you can get through faster or slower, depending. Mm-hmm. But the faster 
you want it to be, the more expensive it is. I assume there's, because of that, I assume there's also a bunch of ships out there just hanging out waiting for their turn. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a there's actually a giant lake, mm-hmm. like man-made lake, that's like a holding area. On uh, which side? On the Caribbean side, I believe. Uh, to the northern, northeast side. Yeah, whatever, I think that, I think, or there might be two. Mm-hmm. But I know there's at least that one. It's a giant lake, like Lake Mead size. Mm-hmm. It's where they just park the barges and boats and whatnot, whoever's waiting to go through. But I, I follow some uh, folks on YouTube that have been sailing for, I don't know, seven or year, eight years now that they've gone through once, and it took them like four days or something like that, mm-hmm. three days. Mm-hmm. But they uh, elected to pay for like the fast pass kind of thing, so to speak, to go through quicker. But they were put in with a bunch of other sailboats. Okay. And you have, you know, it's like guys on jet skis like guiding you through. <laughs> and really, yeah. Wow. And it's like they went through with I think like 10 other sailboats and went through. Wow. Cuz otherwise you just you'll just wait your turn and, you know, but it's expensive. Yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah. If you take a cruise that goes through the Panama Canal, I know that there's an upcharge for going through the Panama Canal, which I mean, I kind of like the I like I hate the idea of a cruise cuz I don't I've been on two and I just fucking hate them. I haven't done any. <clears throat> there so, it, yeah. I, to me it's just not it's not my idea of a good time. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, let's see. I'd like the idea of a cruise going from, like, I don't know, Miami to L.A. Sure. That would be kind of cool, and you go through the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the only cool part. And take w- the train back from L.A. to. Oh, yeah. And t- yeah, let's let's just do all sorts of outmoded forms of transportation. Maybe horseback <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Maybe just- I can put you on a push cart. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds absolutely terrible. Or a uh, rickshaw. Get a, a rickshaw. There it is. Push cart, rickshaw. One's pulling, one's pushing. <laughs> <laughs> one pushing, one pulling. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. The Woolly Mammoth site in Southern California is supposed to be published in Nature Magazine next month. And if you folks are not familiar, Nature Magazine, it's not just nature. It's uh, it's a scientific publication, and they don't publish things unless they yeah, are. If, a lot of people like, don't know what Nature Magazine is. They think, oh yeah, it must be like pretty pictures of giraffes, uh, eating, giraffes eating and leaves. wolves and shit. Yeah, yeah I can't. It's, oh look at this giraffe eating leaf. Oh look, there's a bigger giraffe eating leaf. Oh my god, it's a baby giraffe right. eating a giant leaf. How hilarious! No, it's <laughs> peer-reviewed scientific publishing. Like it's 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 legit science. It's like one of the top, if not the top. Yeah, it's Scientific known. American, Nature, and. I don't know when it comes to healthcare or health related stuff. It's usually like the Harvard Medical Journal, MIT, you know, press and mm-hmm. or things like that. But for for that, um, for specifically for anthropology, any any of the sciences, really, mm-hmm. getting published in Nature is a big deal. That means you're you legitimized it. And there's been a handful of folks over the years that have done this research and said, no, the Americas were populated by humans way way earlier than you guys think. Here's the evidence. They're like, no, no, no. Clovis first. That's what we've been teaching for fifty years. Yeah, let's not change up, it. Sit down. Which is such an, so anti science, but that's yeah. how academia is. Because if you if you don't publish, you perish. You know, like that whole fucking mm-hmm. thing. And you know, they, there's the ego of the uh, of certain doctoral folks. Like, I just don't understand that. Like, if you're if you're a PhD level scientist, you have to accept that your theory might be disproven one day. Right. Right. And, and if you don't, that's just terrible. I would be one of those people that would go. Thank God they found more evidence. This is cool. This is so cool. I right. thought I had the oldest one. Now you found the oldest stone tools. Or and whatever. it'd be cool to. Be, I mean, it's more cool to go older anyway. It's like wow, this is and finding yeah. something that's really old. It's like what the fuck? This is crazy. Yeah, shit, or shit like the like in uh, is it Cappadocia in um, Turkey? 
like mm-hmm. far, far uh, western Turkey, with the uh, Al Rogan always talks about. It. I almost hesitate to bring it up. The shit. Go back to Tepe. Okay. That's like fourteen thousand years old, fifteen thousand years old, and mm-hmm. it's like complicated stone mason work. They found at like right. evidence of using and evidence of like like forges making various types of iron. Wow. That predates the Iron Age by like a couple thousand years. Like that's out of place, man. Right. That's like finding an iPhone at the fucking pyramid. Like that's literally <laughs> about the same thing. That's insane. Yeah. That is so fucking cool to me. But you got this whole group of academics out there that are like, uh, well, we might be out of a job. Or maybe you'll just have to start teaching something new. Big fucking deal. Right. You have to get some new books out there and start uh, learning something else. Books. Yeah. Books. But you, you would think that a lot of, I mean, the true ac- academia-type people would, would find it fascinating. Go, wow, let's just let's check this out. And jump on it. Yeah. And want to help. Yeah. And go, whoa, this go, is go groundbreaking. Go un- uncover more stuff. And yeah. Bring some classes down there. I feel there. Like, that, like that's the only time acad- I've ever heard of academia just like saying, no, 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 no. We don't care about your new stuff. This is what we're going to keep teaching. That's like, I, I don't know. Like, that doesn't happen in astrophysics. Right. It's always a competition with all those dudes, you right. know? Like the moon is the center of the, or the sun is the, not yeah. the center and whatever. The moon's the center of nothing, but yeah. So. all Like all that, it, it just, I don't know. I don't understand why they would be like that, but whatever. There's the, and that, that one guy, and I can't think of his name. It'll come to me. The guy up in Canada in the Yukon Territory that found, you know, evidence of humans, like actual, like bodies, like bones, like human remains mm-hmm. in some fucking cave in the Yukon, Yukon Territory that dates back to like 30,000 years, mm-hmm. which is like 14 or what, 16,000 years older than the oldest known thing, the Clovis thing. But then there's other... There's spots in South America. There's you know, back east in, uh, I think I told you, Virginia. And I know the, the I've been near the one in Pennsylvania because it's really close to falling water. Right. The house. You know, right. the, right. whatatchamacallit, that Frank dude. Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright house. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I remember driving past it. And then later, years later, I read something about the, you know, one of the oldest known evidence of, of human habitation here is like 15,000 years old, 18,000 years, something like that. But the evidence is shaky, but we're still going with the Clovis first theory. Right. But anyway, right. Yeah. sorry, that's my own little weird, My that's like a little small glimpse into the weird brain of Joe. And that's why the peach crop is down 90% and this year. And that's why the peach crop is down 90% this year. <laughs> it comes in cycles. Ask the humans that were here 30,000 years ago. They'll tell you. Hey, is it a, uh, for you, is it a... Um is it a texture thing also, or like if you if you had a peach, it's a flavor. Da- oh, a peach! So you couldn't do a peach daiquiri. No, even if it's frozen and fun. Even fake peach tastes gross to me. Like right. peach schnapps, like just tastes like shit. I do not. I. That's a weird thing. And it's the is, almost is nectarine too close to a yes, peach? Yes, hundred percent. Okay, now plum is not, but the plums are plum. Okay. Plums taste different. Yeah, yeah, well, they do. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Kiwi fruit. I like kiwi fruit. And that's also fuzzy. Yeah, uh, that that fuzzy. doesn't bother me. It's not. Yeah, it's not really a texture thing. Peach cobbler, peach stew, peach and potatoes. Like I don't, I don't like any of the the peach anything. Peach sandwich, peach. And you know what's especially <laughs> shitty? A peach sandwich. Peach sandwich. Mmm. <laughs> like peach and marshmallow fluff sandwich. <laughs> That's a southern thing, right? So are cavities. Actually, it does sound pretty. If you like peaches, it doesn't sound like a pad. <laughs> that sandwich is the most southern thing next peach to cavities. <laughs> Fucking cavities, dude. And high blood pressure. Uh, no, I just don't like them. Like I'm, yeah. I'm one of those. Uh, a lot of people like peaches in uh, cottage cheese as like a snack. 
Oh yeah, I, I grew up with pears. I love pears. Pears are lovely. Um, but uh, yeah, I just where don't... peaches are native to. I'm, there's no. There's let's look that up. They're, I know they're not native to the United States because the only known uh, fruit. Oh yeah, like it's, like it's, uh... not stone fruit, but that type of uh, what is citrus fruit that's native to the United States is the pawpaw, which most people have never had. Is it oh, any, that's a shame. Is it any good? Oh God, yeah. Should they start? We it start tastes going almost like here? a banana. You can't. Oh. They grow in very, very specific climates, and they grow in stands, and they don't ship very well, which is why you don't see them in stores. Uh, paw, there's a pawpaw festival in southeastern Ohio or uh, southern that's, Ohio. That's why I know about the pawpaw. That's exactly why I know about the pawpaw. Now I never had a can pawpaw. You, can you grow them in Ohio? Is that what you're saying? Is they, that why they, have they them? well, they don't. You can't grow them. They grow. Okay. They're they're so specific. Like their their conditions have to be exactly perfect to grow. Now they used to be all over Appalachia, like all over. You hmm. need you need temperate. Uh, you need moderate winters and hot, sticky, humid summers. Okay. They also can't live in full sun or full shade. It has to be in between. So you find stands of them in certain areas of the forest. Hmm. And they and taste they're native like to North America only. Native to North America. Okay. Well, I well I don't know if they're only native to North America. I know that they are. But they are. The they are native. the only citrus fruit native to North America. I'm gonna guess a peach is probably from China. But I had to guess. If I'm forced to guess. I was going to say the Middle East. Okay. Well, no, because they grow so well in Georgia. But that's a lot of stuff in the Middle East, too. Like, that's not a bad guess, but I'm going to say China. China. That's windy again. I don't know if people can hear that. I hope not. Oh, look at that. Peaches, peaches originate in China. Oh. Where they're one of the most um, uh, ancient domesticated fruits with nearly 4,000 years of cultivation. So blame the Chinese, Joe. Yeah. Uh, I mean. For that hateful fruit. It's about the only thing Chinese that I don't like is peaches. Oh, okay. I mean, really, hell, I like my iPhone. <laughs> anyway, yeah, pawpaws are—they uh, taste like. Show me a picture of a pawpaw. Does All it right. look like a banana? No, it look like a banana. I you Do you look like a banana occasionally? <laughs> I thought you said it. Uh, I thought there was some kind of banana statement that you made about it. Banana statement. Yes, we American might. pawpaw pawpaws. Let's call the press together for a we have an official banana statement now. <laughs> Give see, it has the most northern range of all well-known tropical fruits of different uh, genera in the family and non-nacidae and, and anaceae, including the custard apple, cherimoya, sweet sop, ylang ylang, and sour sop. Good lord! And that's what they look like. They're like, and it's about. That big, like the size of a medium-sized russet potato. All right, so and you break looks, them open. Looks, looks kind of like a, but not really, kind of like a kiwi, but not. It does not fuzzy. It, not fuzzy. It's green, yeah. like a kiwi. And uh, let's see, it's kind a of the shape of it's a, a kiwi. patch-forming type. So it's a patch, like they grow. Uh, oh, in like a little you, area. Yeah, like like a rhizome goes three inches this way, and then pops up a sprout, and then goes another four or five inches that way, and pops mm -hmm. up a sprout because, like I said, they can't be in. All sun or all shade. They have to be in like partial. So they're, so they're seeking be, all this out as they're going along. Right, and I I can tell you it it it's kind of like the a mixture between banana, mango, and pineapple, is what it tastes like. It's so strange, hmm. but not overpoweringly sweet. And you can make all sorts of shit out of it. I had a pawpaw pie one time. Oh my god! And all you so, did was mash it. So they had this in Ohio. The like a, you, yeah. this pie oh, yeah. was made in Ohio. Uh, yes. So you knew, you you see you don't add any sugar to it you just mash it and throw it in the oven kind of thing is that what you just said more or less you don't even put sugar in it no that's what I'm saying you don't you, just yeah. ma you mash yeah. it up and then yeah. 
in in crust and or in dough or whatever and throw it in the oven. Yeah. Kind of thing. Wow. Uh yeah, the Ohio Pawpaw Festival. It's incredible. Oh, they uh they as soon as they uh are picked, they start they start to deteriorate. I know which is all fruits are like that. When I say deteriorate, I deteriorate, I think I want to say it they've got like 3 days and then they're no good. So, so that's why it. you and and you can't cultivate them because they will grow where they want to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm sure if you really tried, somebody has figured out a way to make them in a greenhouse, but You'd have to be humidity and sunlight controlled at all times. It's not one of those just let them see it's a ton of sun and it works. It's a, it's it, like like I've, I told I've a, never seen. I've been a lot in the Appalachian, and you're from the northern edge of all that stuff. But I'm just kind of wonder why I haven't heard of this because I'm on the southern edge of the Appalachian because it, where I came it, from. Where I came from, and that's in the range. Um, let's see, it's in the range. I'll show you a map. And it's where, so, it, where so, it grows. I mean, so, we're talking. So you don't grow them like you said. They decide. So in other words, they grow where they where they are best. I got you. So um, and some pe- can have like a lot of property in the Appalachian foothills, and they may have some on their property, kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Like uh, put it this way. My brother brought me one a couple three years ago when I was out there uh, out out in Ohio visiting. My brother brought me one because he used to he went to school down in Southern Ohio. He went to Hawking Tech for a year or two, mm-hmm. and uh, he. Went to that pawpaw festival, you know, all the time and whatever, and, and ate him. And he found a patch on uh, some property near where uh, where we grew up, near Troy, like about 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. He found a patch, and he wouldn't even tell me where it was. He brought me, like, three pawpaws, and he's like, when was the last time you had one of these? I'm like, shit, when I was, like, 10 years old? Holy shit. I've ne- wow. I can't believe it. And it immediately broke it open and started, oh, God, it's so good. And they I have said, little little seeds. Were there anything in there? Yeah, there's 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 a seed pot in the center. You can pull that out, okay. and then you have the little lobes of flesh uh, okay. around it. So, I asked him. I was like, "Hey, Sean, you want to let's go pick some pawpaws?" He's like, "I'm not to take any of my pawpaw patch." I'm like, "There's no way." <laughs> my and I'm pawpaw like, "Pawpaw patch." You, I was like, "I fucking changed your diapers, Sean." And he's right. like, "I don't give a shit." Here and people go. are secretive about it. Here's the, here's the story: FAA lost contact with the plane 15 minutes after takeoff. Four killed after private jet crash in Virginia. There you That's go. That's terrible. That's awful. There it is. There's a site. Slotation. Cessna slotation. Yeah. That's, anyway. Uh, yeah, Paul's referencing something we talked about. Oh, there's a, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. There's the, oh, you missed it. There was a big crater. There was a shot from above, a big crater in the ground. That just sucks. Do, do we know that it was an oxygen thing? Do they so, know that someone yet? Someone told me it was hypoxia today. Where the oxygen that was pressurized craft, it wasn't or either pressurized properly or they didn't, whatever. And they, something. There's a hole. They had to... Had to uh, had to scramble F-16s because it Cause accidentally... They, they didn't know. They didn't it, know what was going on. It could be somebody trying to crash. And they were non-responsive. They're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And, you know, that's some pretty heavily controlled airspace around Certainly, Washington, yeah, D.C. There, there's, there, there's the path. You can see it's going. And then and it does a 180. Whoa. Now we're back towards D.C. There we come. And then that's when they scrambled. So the pawpaw... <laughs> Please tell me more... I want a pawpaw now. It's barely like like we're talking. It'll it it technically can grow in most of Missouri, southern Illinois, all of Indiana, all of Ohio, very little of Pennsylvania. That's about as far north as it goes, and then West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, the northern edge of Georgia, northern edge of uh, whoops, northern edge of. This should be kind of a delicacy. It is a delicacy. Okay, a hundred percent. Wow. West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, a little bit of South Carolina, and then it starts getting too hot. 
So a lot of like people the summer the, gets too hot for it. I'm a lot sure. of people know the hills of West Virginia, West by God, Virginia. I'm sure eating pawpaws. Fuck yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. And it used to be a staple of the Native American diet. It was all over the place. Hmm. But then when you start deforestation for farms and things like that, then and probably coal mining loses and coal mining. Yeah, uh, you start losing. Uh, as soon as you start chopping down the trees, you lose the pawpaws' ability to to grow because it can't handle direct sunlight. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and it's it just is just a li- little bit of yeah. sunlight here and there, yeah. just the right amount. So wow. that's why the peach crop is ninety percent dead. <laughs> There's a woolly mammoth ate those all I'm, up. Uh, oh, yeah, fucking peaches. I don't know, man. I oh the, oh, what I was going to tell you was one of the things about f- like fake mango flavor, like artificial mango, mm-hmm. tastes like peaches to me. Oh, it do, it just does. Tr- it tastes just. It just kinda, think about fan, it. Like yeah. it, t- it's got the whatever it is that like. If I I can't really describe the part, the flavor of peach, because smelling peaches doesn't bother me. It's tasting them. So there's some sort of flavonoid, like an actual taste compound in that peaches really bothers you. That I that just is gross to me. Hmm. And and nectarines and what are, what are, what are the other what are the, what are the other stone fruits like that that are fuzzy? Isn't there another one? Uh, well, there's well not, not apricots. Apricots are kind of fuzzy. Apricots bit, are fucking be. gross too. Yeah. yeah, not as gross as peaches to me, but I don't know. But I was always like the one like in Boy Scouts when you would go camping and they would make peach cobbler in the damn uh, you go great d- Dutch oven. I always brought my own shit. Like you got, I got a Dutch oven for you. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got a fucking Dutch oven for you. No, I used to use. You ever use those? Uh, they're like metal clamshells where you put a lo- like a piece of bread in yeah. one side and put fruit filling in there, and then put in a piece of bread in the other, and you shut it and you throw it in the fire and turn yeah. it over. Yeah, I would bring those are kind of cool. One of those with me on a camping trip, and then like a can of like apple or okay. strawberries or something like that, something and, and throw else. that. It's something else. Yeah, because peaches are just fucking nasty. I don't know. I don't. I've never met another person who didn't like peaches. Neither have I. I'm weird. I have those like I've like I'll damn near eat the asshole out of a dead rhino, but I don't like peaches. Now I will say this: um, I mean, some peaches aren't you know some are a little off. You know, like some are a little bit grainy or like they're maybe, maybe they got frozen at some point and they didn't thaw. Or I or, I don't know. There's, or they were picked they, green. They and get kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But the best ones, of course, you can imagine at my grandparents' empty lot next to their home in Santa Monica. Oh yeah, I bet they grew every fruit out there in this. You know. Tenth of an acre lot, everything, a tree of everything, you know, and you just pick them right out there, or they're falling there every day. There'd be three or four on the ground, you and know, just grab them. They're yeah. ready to go. And I, I wish I liked them. I, I, I really do. Same with celery or green bell peppers. It would make my life easier. I think my parents were very grandparents. Excuse me, were very very regular. They ate a lot of, a lot of fiber. Talking about my grandparents' poop. Yeah, just remember <laughs> years ago we talked about your grandpa's balls. We did. No, you talked about my grandfather's balls. <laughs> I think it was oh, my wait, grandfather's no, you, schlong. You said, I saw my grandfather's balls once, and I was like, oh, I, I did too. And you're like, you saw my grandpa's balls? <laughs> it was such a perfect, hilarious interaction. That was on our famous movie. That was during Raconteur. Yeah, Raconteur. I forgot about that. I forgot that's what that was in. You saw my grandfather's <laughs> balls? No, I saw my grandfather's balls <laughs> one time, and they were long. My grandfather had large, long balls. Probably <laughs> <laughs> big as a pawpaw. <laughs> pawpaw balls. Oh, there like you go. Peepaw. Hey, like, pawpaw. Looked like two pawpaws in a Th- Walmart bag. That's how they got it. That's how, why he's called pawpaw, right? That's why a pawpaw oh is. Oh, my God. That's where it came from. <laughs> oh, fuck. Do we need a break now? Yeah, I kind of need a break after that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back with maybe some more serious content. Great. 
What a wicked game to play To make me feel this way What a wicked thing to do To let me dream of you What a wicked thing to say You never felt this way June 5th. It is June 5th. That's it, what the day we're recording. Now June 7th. This is negative day. What is it? D-Day minus one? Minus one. Is what they called it in Band of Brothers. June 5th, but yeah, but also this, uh, this day in history, uh, Robert Kennedy was uh, shot and killed. Somebody killed Ted Kennedy? By, Sir, no. by Sirhan Sirhan. Yeah, Sirhan Sirhan. So let's tie this in. This is the, Who my father the, looks like, not Sirhan Sirhan. Your dad does not look like Sirhan Sirhan. He, he looked, your dad looks like... Um, uh, Robert F. Looked Ken- like Robert Kennedy. They were both the similar age at that. I mean, not at that age, but whatever. But yeah, I, was, I saw a thing. Just I, maybe it's because his assassination was coming up. But last night there was a little thing on Robert Kennedy, yeah. and I'm just watching it. And it was just weird because it's an interesting time in history. But I was watching it, and going, it was comforting feeling because he really does look like, or vice versa, my father. Like I'm watching. Who's been? Oh, look! Who, I'm watching my dad on TV for a while. That's nice. Who passed? What? 12 years ago or so? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. 12 yeah, years ago. But and he and didn't, as he got old, he didn't look like him. But how well, old was Robert well, Kennedy? Well, because Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy didn't get old. He did so not. He, he never old. got a chance. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> maybe they did look alike. I remember, I think I told you this. There was a woman, crazy older woman who had some money, and she always gave like nice Christmas gifts to the local kids. Like she spent probably more money than the parents did. Mm-hmm. And we were in a decent neighborhood, but it wasn't a wealthy neighborhood. But anyway, so, but I remember my... She had a cocktail party, like a Christmas party. I think I told you this. She had a Christmas party over there. Wasn't that where you guys would walk around this, like a like block parties, where everybody would just walk from like, with your cocktails from party to party? Right. And probably there was a lot of swapping going on back then, which yeah, we didn't we didn't know about. A lot of but key parties, but I'm you were sure, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, but she was kind of around the corner and and living by herself. You know, I think must have died. Was a widow probably. But anyway, she had a party there, like an evening party. We but all, all the families went there too, and then she was. Already buzzed, or she already in the cups, as the English would say, in the cups. In the cups, she was in the cups. I like she was in the cups. Which after you ever that, heard the, you're, you're, this term before? Uh, yeah, or and then you would go fully. Uh, she was pissed, pissed out of her tree. <laughs> right. So we should use this, and uh, we should bring this back. And, uh, and I'm definitely going to bring back in the cups. I'm, are you in the cups? Well, you can't show already. At, while I'm while I'm bartending, like, hey man, are you in the cups already? Because I can't serve you. <laughs> um. So anyway, she had been in the cups for a while, and she goes. And this was around 1974. So six years after Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Yes. So it was 1974. Yeah. She goes, oh, look, Robert or Bob Kennedy showed up to our our party. And she goes, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not kidding about this. I wonder if my sister remembers this. I forgot that part of the story. I thought he uh, got the, shot and the, was the, his I gun. For, I, I forgot oh. that she made fun of the, the assassination. She did. Thing. 
I, she was in my drunk. mind, she was going to go. She was so drunk that she thought Bobby Kennedy wasn't dead. I don't think that that wasn't. She knew he was. Dead. No, she yeah, she knew he was. She wasn't that far in the cups. She wasn't fully fucking. But boxed. it was just funny to her because he looks like Bobby Kennedy, and she's going to just think it's funny and shoot him. Yeah, in the head, in the head. <laughs> so that's how much he looks like Bobby Kennedy. So June fifth, nineteen sixty eight, is when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated right. by Sirhan Sirhan. Right. The lead prosecutor, and I remember after that happened. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, call it. Let me back up a little bit. But that was after because I asked my father about history and remembering things. He was flying the Vietnam War then, and you know at that point, uh, um, Jack or John Kennedy was already killed. Yeah. Then Martin Luther King was killed, and they say when that's when he says after this one, he says, Can "You just imagine living in '63." And then 68, and then, you know, having... Well, your dad, not only that, but your dad was active military during the Cuban fucking missile crisis. Yes, yeah. And so after this third assassination, like within a handful of years, two in 1968, but before that was 63. Well, you had uh, Malcolm X the year before. Also Malcolm X. In the yeah, span of two years, you had like s- several big name people yeah. assassinated. And my father at that point, we were kind of isolated, I guess, living on military bases, but he goes, what in the fuck? He, he remembered that he goes, he will never forget... Finally, after three or four assassinations in America, he finally went, what in the shit is going on? We just all lost our collective fucking minds. Yeah. He has his I had no idea was going because you were a kid, obviously, and Jeanette was just very young. We're going, what? What in the shit are we raising our kids into? Holy fuck me. Can you imagine that right now? If we had like three or four well-known political and whatever I, movement leaders assassinated. I can't even imagine what that would be like, but I can I can I can tell you right now having a 1-year-old at home, just barely turned 1 yeah. and 9/11 happening yeah. and then people talking about the draft and right. anthrax attacks and dirty bombs and all that shit. I was fucking scared shitless for my new baby. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I can only imagine that like all that shit all that shit right in a row. Yeah. So, Kent State. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Yeah. Sirhan Sirhan was prosecuted in L.A. County, right, mm-hmm. which is where the Ambassador Hotel is. Where that's where, where was shot. Uh, yeah. Robert Robert Kennedy was shot. So Sirhan Sirhan, the assassin, the lead prosecutor in the case against him, was a guy named Buck Compton, and mm-hmm. Buck Compton was one of the characters in Band of Brothers. He was a real person, right? Who became a real prosecutor, right? And he said, became yeah. a prosecutor after World War II, and he was in Easy Company. He was one of the first wave of paratroopers, and he dropped in on D Day. Yeah. Which is tomorrow. Tomorrow. June 6th. Which is a rather, that, that's one of the bigger, I mean, there's Memorial Day we have, we, we just had recently and that kind of stuff. But I always, I remember D-Day a little bit differently. I wasn't there. <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Tell us about it, Grandpa. I look pretty good for my age, don't I? I was going to say, you, fucking, you, look you look like 20 years younger than you actually should be. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was that, when, when that day happens, I just remember all those people <laughs> I remember what it, you know. What I'm saying the stories of an, and the wave of the people getting yeah. shot. All the like it was a huge moment. And I saw a, a, a documentary um, where they're interviewing a German soldier who was there on the coast shooting at the Allah, you know, coming in, and he, he lost it during his interview. He was speaking in German, but he but he was pretty well composed. But then he at some point he just lost it. He goes, and we couldn't believe. Her. He goes, I couldn't believe how they just kept coming. And we just kept killing him. You know, they were just, yeah. and they were, because he, he saw many people die, and then he just lost it, you know, and he felt guilty about it, obviously. Of course, he was, yeah. He was part of that whole mess, but, um. I imagine, that, I mean, it's terrifying from both sides, because. Oh, yeah. Hell, you had a whole, like, what do they say, some crazy amount, like 5%, maybe 10% of the troops that died 
at uh, specifically Omaha Beach mm-hmm. died because of the tide issue. Yeah, they just dra- drowned. They drowned. They sank and they, drowned. They sank because they were over. They were they were overloaded with gear and they couldn't yeah. get it off in time. And they sank because uh, something to do with the tidal. I can't remember exactly what it was, and I I feel like it's almost disrespectful to their memory that I don't remember what it was. But there were so many people involved in that invasion, just so just just incredible amounts. Yeah. But uh, oh no, what it was is they used at the last minute they changed up the landing craft, mm-hmm. and the landing craft had a deeper draft mm-hmm. than what the, some of the American landing craft had. And they couldn't go, get as close to the beach and drop the thing, mm-hmm. the little the front. People of just the, ran the out of it and sank. And yeah, no all their equipment shit. on. So, um, but yeah, I've, I, the Band of Brothers is something I watch damn near once a year. It, it, I mean, maybe around great, eighteen it's a, months. It's a, it's a great series. I only seen it once, but I, it's a great series. I think it's probably the best mini series that's ever been put together, there and, might be. and it's just so incredibly well done. But that part of France, also in that area, there's I've my father didn't ever want to go visit it because he because he's got a had a really super soft heart and he goes i don't think i could really just make it just walking around yeah, it just would, being losing my fucking especially marbles. with the multiple um cemeteries that they have yeah. there and all that yeah and i'll tell you a quick note something i recently just found out uh i watched a tiktok on it and it was so memorial on american memorial day mm-hmm. french folks in the normandy area and uh, and from all over france but pre- predominantly in, in from normandy they go to the the cemeteries there and you know the white crosses that are mm-hmm. all engraved mm-hmm. i've always seen pictures of them with like a medium to dark brown like almost look like paint okay inset into the names and rank and where they were from and you okay. know what you know what uh, so you can see it in. you can see it well yes you can see it against yeah. the white marble yeah well it's not paint it's... people once a year go out there memorial day and on and on d day they'll they'll go out and they'll rub sand from the beach into the impression wow. wow and then they pack it in there but they mix it with a small like a it's not a glue it's like a dissolve slowly dissolving glue so and it, they mix so it, it comes out of there every it, it falls out eventually by hand wow. hundreds and hundreds of volunteers do this all by hand yeah and they have buckets of sand they're carrying and they smash it and push it in there then they have then they have a brush to brush it off and then they kind of use a, a light scrubbing thing to mm-hmm. make the white look really good and then the brown and that's the sand from the beach Wow, that's incredible, man. There's um, and that's not Americans doing that. That's 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 French, the locals, that's yeah. French people doing that. So I did have a friend who flew for Delta Airlines. Also, he was a glider pilot. He went, he did go over there with his wife, and they went to Normandy for for one of the one of the big. There was a big year that was there yeah. not that long ago. I, well, before I moved here, and uh, he said, yeah, it was a huge. He said it was amazing the people there in that whole area, the French people that still have family members there and are grandparents or parents that were raised but it's all still a solid as you were saying a solid tradition there they're, they're not letting that go and he said that they they're extremely welcoming and there's a lot of you know false or whatever animosity between french and americans for any number of stupid well, reasons the, the the animosity from what i've understood just from this and this is a maybe four or five uh french people that i've met just as tourists coming through blackbridge mm-hmm. and i've asked them about that i said what so i under i know i've been to both Canada and Mexico, and witnessed American tourists acting like fucking dickheads. Mm-hmm. But there are other countries that are like that. Mm-hmm. Is it just the Parisian French that are snobs and everybody else is cool? And he and the the first guy to tell me that he goes, it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And every single other person I've ever talked to from France echoes that. Right. They're like, even they don't like the Parisian French. Right. It's kind of like how 
like more country type folk, rural areas don't like don't care for people from New York City because it's just a different breed of person. Right. It just it just is. And that so like that's how he kind of equated it. And and they all seem to kind of agree. But he was saying they also, you know, they they knew and, and there's again it's still passed on and taught and it just seemed like it's never gonna go away where they they're beyond still appreciative because they, they know that the allies came in and sacrificed a shitload. Oh yeah. And and landed there and from there moved through all of Europe and got rid of Hitler basically. Yeah. It was a huge damn deal and um uh it's about as big as it gets really. It's an amazing thing. All the little sub stories. There, there's dozens of more movies that could be made about all the little things that happened oh, in yeah. the time period. And I, yeah. I, I, a lot of people get they they're bothered by the French because they, you know, gave up. But it was the smartest move at the in retrospect looking at it because they didn't get slaughtered. They just gave up and they had the French resistance. Right. And they were well organized and they 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 helped a lot. With a lot of this planning and that kind of shit, and help the allies get the fuck out of there, yeah, so they could fight some more and that kind of. If they if they just fought him and got slaughtered, they'd have had no males left and no other people that could support that whole network, right? Behind the scenes, and the French resistance wasn't some like band of like twenty people. It was like it was fifteen twenty thousand people spread out all yeah. over Europe. Yep, people that in were secret that, doing it, all this shit, very much in secret, and yep. uh, it's pretty like the any anything to do with the French resistance just becomes very interesting because there's you're talking about some really cold blooded killers, and and they and they would have had they fought they would have been slaughtered. There's no question. I mean, Hitler's machine, war machine at that point would have just mowed over everybody. And France didn't have hardly any industry at that time. No, France's no, industry. Didn't. Their industry didn't really get going until after the war. It was baguettes. It, it, yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of <laughs> the baguette industry. I'm not. I love the French people. I really do. That's f- baguettes <laughs> and baguettes and cigarettes. Everybody made baguettes and rolled cigarettes and yeah, wore chapeau. Re- what are you gonna? <laughs> what are you gonna do? You're gonna fight that war with brie? <laughs> really uh, incredible red wine. That's not as good as the wine here in the states, but <laughs> not the not anymore. Um. So yeah, but yeah. So maybe I'll watch Saving Private Ryan tomorrow. I have to do something like that. Yeah, but it was. Um, I just watched Band of Brothers of several months ago, so I'm, I'm not going to watch that all in one day. Although I did watch it all in one day. Yeah, I had it was one of those shitty rainy days, and I just, maybe I was hungover or something. But I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh right. god, I can't go back to bed. Nothing else to do. Didn't have to work, so I watched Band yeah, of Brothers, know. and it's like I think I watched. I think it's like twelve hours long. <laughs> but the Germans just couldn't believe how they just kept coming. And they just coming, kept, and yeah, coming. Like, oh my god! And let's not forget that on D Day you had a substantial amount of Canadians there. Yep, and and uh, British troops as well. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, we, yeah. The, we, we were about a we were about a third of it. I don't think we were half. I don't know. I, think, I don't know what the percentage. I think we really might have been more than half. Actually. Oh really? Okay. I I could be totally wrong. Uh, Normandy. I think it was a, a the guy was at. Uh, yeah, Scotland had a one guy that played the pipes and I only carried that. a claymore. He didn't carry a fucking <laughs> firearm and he didn't die. <laughs> That's. F- I'm surprising the Germans didn't shoot him first just to get them. You, shut it, that shit up. They're probably fucking afraid. <laughs> like if some guy comes in, you know, shows up to to, and these Germans are like. Oh, my ancestors talked about these fucking crazy people, the fucking Celts. <laughs> uh, remember that in uh, Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Oh, where he those hired guns were for, were high. They were from uh, their Scotsmen, and the sheriff of Nottingham was like, Celts. 
they hired Celts. They eat their dead. Like they like just like all these the mythos surrounding yeah. those guys is fucking. They like, they well they were all bearded and dreadlocked up and beads and yeah. Some of them like burnt the ends of their dreadlocks so they were smoking. They look like they're fucking on fire when they're coming and fighting you. Like just getting all gacked out on amanita they're, mushrooms. They're and, just built to fucking may for mayhem. Let's see, nation. Of course, they had a big glider uh, at night. All the glider landings, you know, they would tow. The which Waco, looks fucking crazy. The troop transport, Waco yeah. transport. I've actually touched one that never made it over to to Normandy. Yeah, but that was just fucking nuts. A lot of those guys didn't make it either, crashing into shit and falling out of the sky and f- falling out of the sky. Let's see, almost one hundred thirty-three thousand troops from the United States, the British Commonwealth, and their allies. So it's hundred, almost one hundred thirty thousand in total. Yeah, right. seven thousand ships. Jesus, of some sort. Operation Overlord. The invasion force included seven thousand ships and landing craft, manned by over one hundred ninety-five thousand naval personnel from eight allied countries. Almost one hundred thirty-three thousand troops from the United States and the British Commonwealth and their allies. Trying to find an actual percentage well, breakdown because now I really want to know. Again, we probably had the most anyway because we were not all beaten up for war in Europe for years. Right. You know what I mean? We had more at our disposal. Plus, we were a bigger nation, but um, yeah. 9,000 Allied soldiers were killed or wounded. Oh, why can't you say killed? Whatever. Um, but what happened after D-Day was also brutal because that was that was June 6, 1944, and it just continued, which is why I love Band of Brothers because it follows Easy Company, you know, the one of, you know, yeah. the, of the Airborne uh, Rangers, or 101st Airborne. I don't know if they were called Rangers back then. But uh, uh, it follows that company and them losing guys, and then they, they have the new guys come in, and those guys are getting treated like shit, and they have to sure. prove themselves, and... Their replacement that when they get the replacements, they're like, "Oh, fucking replacements," because it's it sounds terrible to equate it to this, but a lot of people know the story of uh, when Jason Newstead came into Metallica after Cliff Burton died in the bus accident. Yeah, and they hazed the shit out of him for like two solid years and treated him like absolute garbage. The replacements, pranking yes. him, fucking up his amp before he went on stage after soundcheck, just shit like that, just to go, "Ah, eh, you fucked up." Because they saw him as a replacement for their friend who died, and right. that's exactly how oh, yeah. those guys treated the, the replacement that came in. But those the after the landing of D Day was just that was like the beginning of the end. Oh yeah, there was a it's hell of a lot huge, more. It took a, yeah, that, that was that was bad. Obviously, Battle of the Bulge, Bastogne. But that was the turning point of the war. It was the big turning point. But there was man, there's some bad shit that happened after that. There was uh, interesting too because uh, Patton wanted to be involved heavily with it too. But but they and he was on he was a little bit on the on the standby because he was getting in trouble, you know, with his yeah. little antics he was doing. But and he was still well-known, powerful throughout all of the German. They all knew who Patton was. Yeah, but Eisenhower was more, was it Eisenhower? Or maybe it was, wait, maybe Eisenhower didn't have that much, have, didn't have that much to do with D-Day. No, shit. He, uh, Eisenhower was, it was you're, more the Pacific. You're talking about um, Bradley? No. Talking about General Dwight David Eisenhower. No, I no 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 no. I know you're talking about Dwight D. Oh. But General Brad, Bradley was also. No, I'm just trying to remember what Eisenhower. I, I thought Eisenhower had a role in, in I, D-Day I thought for he, some reason. He was the main planner, wasn't he? The main. I think so. Yeah. He, I think he. Or, or, I think Overlord. he orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah. But anyway, they spread a lot of rumors out that Patton was going to be on the eastern side of this whole invasion. 
and he was not there. That's where maybe a lot of the whole inflated tanks and shit were too, and all. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure that was all tied together. Well, but. gearing up to D-Day was also when they started putting the the rumor out there that the um, uh, all of the pilots, mm-hmm. uh, the Allied pilots, were using uh, they were eating uh, lots and lots of carrots because carotene apparently makes your eyesight that much better, <laughs> so you can see better at night and all that, and see farther. And what it really was is that they, there was like a primitive form of radar. And that's where they. That's right. why they knew where all the fighter planes were, and the right. and the bombers, the German bombers, and the could spot the V two from twenty miles out, so they could right. launch some sort of counteroffensive. But they did the best of what they could do to get the uh, the disinformation out there where Patton was going to be coming from, because that's where the, a lot of forces over there too. They were expecting Patton to come on this side, and they wanted to meet him with equal force and. He, didn't, he wasn't even over there. Wasn't even Nobody was over there. And they knew that it was going to take them over land forever to get to where the fight to where they were actually fighting, which is north of France. Right. I do remember this now. That was yeah. like the misdirection thing. Just incredible stuff. And we have so much. There's so much stuff that, you know, there's like millions and millions of pages of documents that have never been declassified from world, still from World War II. I'm sure. Kind of shocked just, that, by that. that like it's an unbelievable, massive. It's just, that's why... Movies still come out on occasion. Oh yeah, on some event that happened, you know, some some happenstance on X number of days. I did. I I saw an interesting little factoid uh, about a week ago from the about the industrial uh, U.S. industrial war machine and how quickly we went from making a lot of cars to making a lot of planes and bombs. Mm-hmm. And in nineteen was it nineteen forty three? Ford Motor Company only made like. 12 cars or something like that like that's it like I, I think that was it it was under 20 cars Mostly that Ford made bombers which is why you don't think about it like like oh yeah 38 coupe 1940 coupe you don't hear about 40 1941 Chevy Two, truck three, 43 four, yeah, yeah you just don't because yeah. we we pivoted that quickly yeah. uh somebody awoke a sleeping giant or sleeping dragon and that's or whatever why we the were also yeah we had this huge industrial thing going and we, we weren't getting bombed out or haven't you know we right. could just Oh, okay, cool. We'll just start making shit, other shit right now, and we threw a lot of money out of it with you know war bonds and everything. And a lot of people came rich too. You know, Hershey, there's another one, Hershey Candy Company. Yep, made a fuck pot of money with because the they candy put them bars. in the sea rations, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it all was, and all the all the things that they they bailed out over you know after the Berlin airlift. There's an airplane out there that was involved in the Berlin was, airlift, right? So every every C forty every whatever every uh, uh, DC four yeah. which was a C forty time whatever, sky train or whatever yeah was every single one that was airworthy was used during the Berlin airlift and that was like going on for a couple years or something yeah yeah just constant parachuting a bunch of shit and supply and Hershey bars yeah and Hershey <laughs> Coca-Cola. bars Coca Cola. Coca-Cola that's, and that's part of that pr- propaganda machine too. Yeah, it is. Now there is one scene that they touch on the the Hershey Hershey bars being put into uh, the C rations and K rations in uh, in World War Two. And there's a scene that reflects that in uh, Band of Brothers. The uh, I think it's the Battle of Bastogne, where they're looking for the German troops. They know that they're in the area. And they can't quite find them. They come across this uh, this house in the French countryside, and there's nobody inside. But then you hear they're shouting we're americans we're americans come out and they open up the thing we won't shoot open it up who's in there and they like come out of like the root cellar mm-hmm. and it's just a man and his son mm-hmm. and his son's probably like three or four years old mm-hmm. and they start talking to him. he speaks english and he's like no the the i know that they're at, at least you know uh, you know over like the next town over because they came through here looking for you guys mm-hmm. 
and they went that direction but we just got in the cellar and locked it and just stayed in there we've been in there for three days or whatever mm-hmm. and they kind of take pity on the guy and his kid because they've been in the root cellar like just gnawing on raw shit you know mm-hmm. for, for for that long sh- right. shitting in a bucket probably oh yeah i'm sure it smells lovely down oh there, yeah too. So you have one of the guys, one of the you know American soldiers, opens up a candy bar, a chocolate Hershey's bar, mm-hmm. and hands it to the kid. And he he was a, he was afraid. And his dad goes, "No, it's okay. You can take." Says something into him in French, and he and he takes it and takes a bite. And the biggest fucking smile on this kid's face. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with our shitty chocolate that with, we have with here? the shittiest <laughs> chocolate imaginable, which is fucking Hershey's. Uh, and. The soldier looks at him. He goes, "He's so happy. I guess he's not he's glad to have something sweet." And he goes, "He's never had chocolate before." Wow! And when you think about yeah. the rationing that had to go on and the supply chains that yeah. were broken down, it's not like France is known for having a bunch of chocolate. The French chocolate right. comes from Switzerland. And you're not going to be focusing on chocolate manufacturing during the yeah. war time. Yeah, no shit. This <laughs> is not, not, not a priority <laughs> unless you're Hershey. Exactly. Uh, 3,000 miles three, away. Exactly. Yeah. And so that kid being so happy that he had chocolate, and I feel so bad for him because he had shitty chocolate. <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking that the first time I watched Band of Brothers, I'm like, Hershey's is terrible. I remember going to, uh, speaking of Germany and all this kind of stuff, going there when I worked over there, they would have little convenience stores, which it's so cool there, too, because everything's kind of the same, but just like they're talking about in Pulp Fiction, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. The packaging's different. It's just different sizes. Did you get a shapes, Royale with colors. cheese? Or? I did not get a no, Royale with cheese. No. But they have... Chocolate over there, which is just really we we getting some better stuff here now too. Finally, from not around here. If you go to Walmart, if you get if yeah. you go to Walmart, they have uh, Ritter Sport. Um, they, they have Lint, Lint, Lint probably. They have yeah. Lint, and that stuff's really fucking good. Yeah. So Ritter, anyway. Ritter Sport dark chocolate with ha- roasted hazelnuts is my favorite candy bar on earth. Yeah. It's so like anyway. five dollars. But anyway, back to D Day. Yeah, there it is. And yeah, D Day was. I mean, it's just a just. This is going to drop the day after, you know, but just think about that. And think about 133,000 troops landing in, like, and, and it's like, oh, it's only like 15 miles of beach or something, because it was, there was, there lot, was like, yeah. there was, there was three beaches, three landings, three main beaches where yep. they landed. I don't know why Omaha Beach is the, is the most well-known. Maybe that's the, the most, the, the biggest concentration of troops, but they landed like 25, call it 25 miles of coast of the northern French coast. Mm-hmm. That's the. I think that's. I guarantee you, that's still the largest land invasion that's ever occurred there, in modern times. It has to be. There's all the mythical uh, armies from, you know, uh, not uh, from like Persia. They said that that mm-hmm. uh, an army that was five million strong drank the rivers dry. I don't. Just, I don't think. Guarantee that's, all you that's not true. Horse baloney. Um, uh, horse baloney. <laughs> there you go, Grandpa. Baloney. 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 Anyway, uh, that's such a an amazing accomplishment to organize that many troops. That's all, all fucking the stories, incredible. Of course, here too, the he, he pre-wrote. Who was it? Uh, 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 Roosevelt was um, pre-wrote. Was it him or was it Eisenhower? I can't remember. No, Maybe Eisenhower Eisen- wasn't president until later. Well, I, I know, but I mean, did he also oh. write letters like like in case it was a a failure, d- disaster. A disaster? He had a letter all written out. Just in case he had to those, gra- grab that one. Those declassified letters are always interesting because there's a handful of those. There's one that Nixon was it Nixon? Uh, was Nixon the president in '69? Yeah, he wrote uh, uh, a you know a, a, a letter like a, like a speech to mm-hmm. be read in case the astronauts died on the moon. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like that thing or or in transit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, JFK had one for just just in case a nuclear fucking war started during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm so on and so forth like those things are just really incredible 
Have you seen my father's uh, glider logbook where he makes the entry in there? It says Cuba. Yeah, and it, it says. Uh, I got it sitting right over there. By the way, I can uh, show it to something you. like uh, uh, Jeanette. Was it? Yeah, it, it took it was, took Jeanette, Karen uh, up uh, gliding on whatever date that was, and then if you it he, names he, your mom and your your and my sister. sister as he took up. But I my mother was she didn't know that at the time she was pregnant with me by like a couple months. Yeah. And because you were born in June, and that was in November, that right? Was, that was so. We used to do them. Yeah. She was barely pregnant with me. Yeah. But, the, but that 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 was that was just after Cuba. Yeah. Or before whatever it was. It was the next entry line logbook, and um, yeah. So that was uh, I have that so called back called back to base Cuba yeah. underlined uh, yeah, ba- yeah. Ba- ba- base alert base alert yeah. And he flew B forty seven at the time, which had either two or four hydrogen bombs. Which people don't. We talked about this before, but people don't know this. The 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 trigger for a hydrogen bomb is a is a atomic bomb. Atomic bomb. Yeah, that's the trigger. Yeah, <laughs> so. and the trigger for an atomic bomb was like C four essentially. It right. was like the 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 uh, soccer ball shape. Right. Which is the best way to create an, an implosion. But then what do they do? They're like, let's make something more powerful. Let's use an atomic bomb yeah. to blow up a hydrogen bomb, which is nuts to me. I wonder if they. Lit off hydrogen bombs here in the desert, or they were just atomic bomb during you know out here in Vegas. Was it also hydrogen I, testing? I, I have no idea. I think the hydrogen bombs were were tested out. They're so much more powerful. Oh, I think yeah. I think crazy. hydrogen bombs were tested at sea or underground. But that if they did them underground, then it would have been up at the Nevada test site. Yeah. Now I will say this: There's speaking of a little bit more history. Christopher Nolan's new movie comes out next month. About a month from today, which they really missed, they really missed the mark on this. They, it's I think it's July 10th it comes out. Does it have to it's, do with it's uh, Oppenheimer? It's about Oppenheimer. Oh, we, I've heard about this. We should watch the time. second trailer because that just dropped uh, okay. uh, recently. Okay. Uh, and I talked to the kid today. By the way, a little shout out to my child, the Spawn. Not only did she graduate nursing school a few weeks ago, which we talked about, it's a huge accomplishment. Like just. And I can't say it enough, and I know this is like proud dad energy, but it is really the case. And ask any uh, bachelor degree nurse. That is one of the toughest undergrads to get. It, it, it is, and it takes most people five years. Right. Um, and she passed her uh, boards today, her nursing boards. Just fucking outstanding. So, hey, Portia. That's right. And it's, and it's a— Congratulations. It, it, it's unofficial, but it's, it's pretty official. So— um, Congrats to her. But anyway, so I talked to her today about that. But I also told her, I said, hey, we need to keep our tradition alive. She goes, what's that? I said, we've seen every Christopher Nolan movie that's come out since 2010 in the theater. And it goes back to when she was 10 years old, mm-hmm. fall of 2010, and Inception came when, out. When does it come out? July 10th. Now, here's the thing. July 16th was the date that they that the, they tested the first atom bomb at, right. at, at uh, White Sands, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. You think they could have just waited six more days and released it on the anniversary date of the first atomic bomb? That, uh, that's, that's what Why, is Oppen- it because it's on like a Thursday they don't want right. to do that or something? So or it's I don't a Wednesday know. or something? I, I or? think it is a Thursday when it opens. Okay. So hmm. um, maybe they didn't want to open it on a Wednesday. But Christopher Nolan uh, doesn't make a bad movie, never has, although pe- people were confused by Tenet when that came out. Yeah. But we, were, she and I were going back over the movies, and I think the only Christopher Nolan movie since 2010 that's come out that she didn't see in the theater was the Dark Knight Rises, oh. and that's because it was borderline rated R, and she was like twelve, and okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that, like nudity and cursing, not that big of a deal because we all have the same parts, 
and cursing is like eh, whatever but it was the violence and i was and it was pretty fucking violent yeah so anyway other other than that like i gave her the choice i said all right kid we're gonna go up to vegas have a nice lunch and dinner and we're gonna do some shopping and we'll go see a movie we go to the imax theater and the she had her choice i said you can watch alpha and omega which is some animated dog and cat movie or wolf and dog movie or something like that mm-hmm. or you can see inception I assumed she was going to pick the kids' movie. She's like, I want to see Inception. Okay. Wow. And she just loved it. And so we saw, we've seen Dunkirk together. We saw Tenet. We saw this. The Tenet dropped, came out right in the middle of COVID. So, and they opened, remember they opened up theaters for like four weeks? Yes. In 2020, and I thought COVID was kind of, eh, whatever. And then yep. flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. And they, they think, <laughs> opened things back up a little bit. And then we got to go to <laughs> Laughlin and saw that th- in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then. Like two weeks later, like no more theaters for like another year. Right. But anyway, so Oppenheimer is about Dr. Oppenheimer. Is that going to be shown at this IMAX theater also, you think? Okay, so this is what's significant about that movie. Uh, It's the first full-length feature film ever made. Ever? (laughs) That's all 70-millimeter IMAX from beginning to end. Whoa, holy shit. It's all filmed in IMAX. That's got to be so expensive. Wow, they opened up their wallets on that one. Yeah, no shit. Jesus. Now, The Dark Knight Rises was one of the first uh, full-length feature films to even have scenes shot in IMAX, and I saw that. I and you could tell the difference. Oh yeah, you, you in could, the theater you whether it was it IMAX or not. Which I saw that one in IMAX in Vegas. Yeah, and I saw it here a couple times because I love that movie. But uh, um, it, it's significant for that. But it's also apparently, uh. Uh, what's Christopher Nolan's brother is the one who writes the screenplays for all of his movies, and I can't think of his name. Nolan like Ryan. Nolan. No, it's not Nolan Ryan. <laughs> it's like Chris, or it's like Peter Nolan or something. Anyway, he did uh, submitted um, Freedom of Information Act requests to get transcripts and handwritten notes and things like that uh, declassified or at least released to him from when they were putting together the bomb and do all the research that went into that and like Alamogordo, New Mexico and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. When those guys were doing all that, that research and, and developing the, the, the device that was mm-hmm. the, that was mm-hmm. the internal code word for it was the device. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the dialogue in the movie and those scenes is lifted directly from recordings where they record all the audio from various lectures and all the guys oh, brainstorming cool. and things like that, which is just incredible. Well, would you expect anything less from Mr. Nolan? By I the way? would not. You know? I would not. I mean, the seriously. guy's ne- he's never made a bad movie. No, like going all the way back to Memento. I'm looking forward to this. I forgot about that movie. I heard about it a while back, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then now you brought it up, so now it's going to be great. Yeah. So I'm going to plan to trip down to Tucson. Well, actually, I think well, Portia said she was looking it up. The the only 70 millimeter I, proper IMAX theater in Arizona is the Harkins at uh, Arizona Mills in Phoenix. Hmm. So I think what I'll do is I'll just make a weekend out of it, and we'll I'll get a hotel room and meet up with her in Phoenix and go down. I want to go. Yeah, you're welcome to go, man. We'll right. go and have a good time. July, what is it? I think it's July 10th. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's about Oppenheimer's, uh, and he, J. Robert Oppenheimer was the lead physicist on. Because i got to be on, back here on the 14th, 15th. That's when Kat Kenny's going to be here yes. with her friend yes. for that weekend. So. Which we'll be talking about on a, an episode here coming up very shortly. We shall be, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, remember remember D Day, yeah man. Remember Bobby Kennedy. <laughs> remember Bobby Kennedy two days ago. Remember D Day a, a day ago. A day ago. Uh, yeah, there's, right. of, there's plenty of fantastic movies to watch. They're geared around D Day in that time, yeah. right around that for sure. Anyway, yeah, there you have it. Saving Private Ryan is probably the best. Yeah, 
that was pretty amazing. They they got the real guns out to get the recordings of this sound. And I forgot to tell you this too. Um, my um, my father saw Saving Private Ryan in the in the the boats coming in, you know, the landing craft. And, and I think I told you this part. My my grandfather bought one of those boats. That, you know, they had a bunch of them extra. I think they were yeah. made in California also. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. T- he bought one of those landing craft boats and then modified it to make it a fishing boat off the California coast. So it had the same motors in there, the same engine, whatever That's it pretty is. cool. And my, my father didn't really know that when he was growing up working on that boat for my grandfather. But the, he knew the engine. So when my father saw Saving Private Ryan, he goes, oh, my God, that's this, our fishing boat. I guess it sounded just like it because it was the same exact. That's fucking funny as they hell. Wanna, they want to be as accurate as they could with all the, all, even the German gunfire with the machine guns and all that. They used all, everything. It wasn't any fake old Hollywood ricocheting stupid noises and no. all that stuff. They, they want to make it sound as authentic as they could, including the, well, the had, boat motor landing on the beach. When that movie came out, you had you still had a lot of World War II vets that were there, that survived yeah. it, that couldn't handle watching in the theater, that got up and left. I remember reading news stories about that, that they're like, this is just too much, and they're just reliving it and because it was, so, it was so accurate. So accurate. And I was going to tell you this, too. We had the man who was uh, 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 Major, Major, Major Farron was yeah. here. And he passed away last year. And if, because if you do the math, if it, let's say you're 17 years old in 1941, just do the math. I think you're you're like 100 years old right now. Yeah, right or, about. Or 98, 99, 100, or something like, like my, that. My grandfather would have been, uh, he was 18 in 1945. Okay. So he missed the bulk of the war yeah. because, and he got to the, he got to his and that's duty station in so the Philippines in like July four, of 45. So four years before. We, he would he'd be, so, he'd be 95 now. He would probably. be 95, yeah, right, so exactly. They, so if you were 17 in 1941 when the war started, you're 100 years old right now. Yep. So that's why there's nobody left in that time. Right, there's, yeah, They're there's not very many. going away, you know, rapidly. And there you have it. That's all we know. All right. Are we done? Yeah, that's it. All right, that's have it. a good week, folks.